1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. If you've forgotten the difference between watching a movie and experiencing one, you need to visit Marcus Theatres. Start by visiting MarcusTheatres.com. Music news with our music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys today? We're good. It's a lot of music news that got piled up here. There is this week, yeah. Thrown in our lap. Let's start with Burt Bacharach. Yeah, I mean, you know, talk about a Mount Rushmore figure. Um, I had to sit down to make the 10 best list, as you do, when things like this happen. And my my jaw just kind of fell open, like, how are you going to do this with this guy? Uh, There are scores of songs that are, he was, he's the great American songbook 2.0. Would it be an overstatement to say it would take all our time here today to list Burt Bacharach's hit songs? Oh, and, and more. And more. We'd be here for most of the day listing those great songs. What did he win his uh, uh, Grammys for? Uh, he won. He won for a bunch of different songs. I'd have to go go into the list to tell you everything he he got awards for. But there were there were a bunch, and he won three Oscars, of course. So you know, the guy just had you know tons and tons of great stuff. I mean, I'm looking at the Grammys. He won from everything from for everything from. Alfie to Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head to Promises, Promises, uh, the score for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh, that's what friends are for, which which we forgive him for because the the other music in his catalog is so great. We can let, we can let that one go. Dion Warwick sang a ton of his stuff. I mean, it was like Dion Warwick and Burt Bacharach were kind of hand in hand for a long time. And Hal David, you know, let's not forget Hal David, okay. the lyricist. But, oh, yeah, they, well, they were, she was their muse. You know, she was their discovery and their lab rat, if you will. Yeah. You know, if that's not too too indelicate, but even some of the songs that went on to be recorded by others usually were recorded during the 60s were recorded by Dionne Warwick first. All right, do you have your top 10 in front of you? I do. All right, starting All right. with 10. Starting with 10, what's new Pussycat? Uh, just too much fun. Then we've got raindrops keep falling on my head. The look of love. One less bell to answer. Uh, this guy's in love with you. Toledo, which is one of his many great songs with Elvis Costello. They long to be close to you. Walk on by. Uh, number two was there's always something there to remind me. And number one for me was I say a little prayer. That is quite a list, and that's yesterday, just, and that's yeah, just yeah. the top, that's top ten. And that's scratching the surface. Yeah. Yesterday, yesterday I put on my lobster um, oven mitts and had a, I say a little prayer going in the background. <laughs> if you remember that, that great scene from my best friend's wedding. <laughs> so, yeah, he was 94. I mean, the, he was we, 94. He lived, you know, he lived a great life in the measure of his days. Um, but, yeah, he is def, he is on a par with the... Cole Porter's with the Gershwins, with the Irving Berlins. I mean, this guy. This guy was, I think, to our generation. He he was the Irving Berlin for us. You know, for the baby boom generation. And he lived and a like fairly said, quiet life. He was wasn't in the press much. I mean, you'd see no, pictures no. of him at award shows and stuff like that. But other than that, you didn't really hear much out of that guy. Kept himself out of trouble and out of controversy. You know, everything was on the low key, and he just made music. Maybe that's the key. Make more music and don't don't try to live the the other kind of life. 
Yeah, he wasn't stumbling in and out of rehab or anything like that. He no. didn't go through wives, as far as I know. No, he no, he lived he lived about as clean a life as you get from celebrities of that level. Are they doing? He was born in Kansas City. Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Are they going to do anything? I doubt it. I you know I don't know that there's you know he he left Kansas City early enough. Yeah. You know, to go to go to his very various music colleges. So I don't know that there's a there's a great connection there between him and the Chiefs. In fact, I think he was he was gone from Kansas City before the Chiefs even existed. Oh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, it be cool so, if Rihanna sampled a line from one of his songs and worked it be, in? That, that would be wonderful. <laughs> no, it would, um, it would be cool. You know, I don't know how much wiggle room they have. You know, she did her press conference yesterday, which is always the Thursday before the Super Bowl. The halftime act, you know, meets the press and talks about the show. And you know, she said the hardest part for her has been whittling down what she wants to do in 13 minutes. She said she's gone through 39 different set lists. You know, she tried to perfect what she wanted to do. So they have to make it flow right and arrange it correctly. They, or they have a yeah, day to do that then. Oh, yeah. No, and so I don't know if you'd be able to slide in something cool All from, right. uh, from uh, Burt Bacharach or not. But, but we'll definitely get a, a, a heaping share of, of Rihanna, who, by the way, is now being rumored to be announcing a tour on the on the back end of this, which is not That's a surprise, what, right? I was going to say, isn't that why you do the Super Bowl and then the next day you announce your tour, right? You have something coming up. Sometimes it's an album, sometimes it's a tour, sometimes, and in this case, I think it will be both. What's your level of excitement for Rihanna at halftime? On a scale of one to ten, you know, six. Okay. <laughs> you know, she's not. You know, I know. Listen, I know a lot of people who are who are on eleven or twelve for this. Just you know, for. <laughs> For my my personal cup of tea, you know, not not a particular favorite. Well, she hasn't been on stage in what seven years, right? Right. So, right. so you know, she'll be fine. Listen, it'll be fine. It'll be whiz bang. I think visually, it'll be. I think this is going to be a lot more like the weekend than the weekend's halftime show than something. Well, like the weekend was Bruce. fighting uh, the COVID thing too, and he did halftime. So right. I don't know that he really got a fair shake there. <laughs> Those guys well, I think, might want to get a do-over the COVID yes, years. Yeah. But. Oh, no, I, listen, I thought visually, I thought he did a great job, and that's what I think Rihanna is going to be. You know, it's, 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 it's going to be a really compelling visual. It's going to be a great look. And whatever you think about her music, you think about her music. But it, it'll be, you know, for 13 minutes, it's going to be very entertaining. Okay, Grammy. What are the uh, Super Bowl ads that have uh, musicians in them? Ton of them, ton of them. The best one is for Workday, which um, has Ozzy Osbourne, Paul Stanley, Billy Idol, Joan Jett, and Gary Clark Jr. in it. And this is online. Almost all these ads are online now, but it's well worth looking up the Workday Super Bowl spot. It's basically real rock stars poking fun at the corporate world's tendency to call its people rock stars. You know, hmm. you see somebody in a meeting, yeah, you're a rock star, oh, like Paul okay. Stanley sticks his head in and shakes his head. Uh, it's a cute commercial. Uh, we've got Doja Cat, uh, and Giannis is going to be in the Google ad. Uh, you've got Elton John, Jack Harlow, Missy Elliott for Doritos, Megan Trainer for Pringles, P. Diddy for Uber. I'm uh, not strictly music, but Steve Martin and Ben Stiller for Pepsi Zero. Uh, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul are going to get the Breaking Bad band back together. For Popcorners, Ludacris and Tony Hawk for DraftKings. 
So, so there'll be a lot of a lot of celebrity, you know, firepower on Sunday. All right, what's your level of interest? Forget about halftime, just the Super Bowl itself. Oh, but high, you know, very high. I think I think higher than six. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd be I'd be on an eight eight or nine here. Okay. How do you feel about the uh, the Eagles as part of a kind of the 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 Steeler side of Pennsylvania? Well, you mean the wrong side of the state? Yeah, okay. I guess that's your answer right there. <laughs> that said, my, my daughter and her husband and my granddaughter are in Philly. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, the, the city's on fire. So, you know, I have I have to have some warm feelings for it. They uh, pushed those two teams together for a while, didn't they? During, During World War II or so? Right, they yeah, tried to yeah, sneak one team right, out of them? Right. And, because, you know, especially after the establishment of the AFC-NFC, you know, after the whole realignment. Mm-hmm. When the Steelers were bumped into the AFC, any real rivalry, you know, disappeared. Yeah, because you know they they play each other rarely. So you know, it's a, Steelers rivalries are much more, you know, with Cleveland and Cincinnati, right? And the folks, the Ohio side of the border, right? Which is too All bad. Right. Cause I just I remember great. Yeah, I remember great baseball rivalries between the Pirates and the Phillies. Oh sure, yeah. So, well, yeah, still, when you're playing each other league. every year, yeah, yeah, there's gonna yeah. be gonna be rivalries. How'd you like the Grammys? I thought this was a pretty good Grammy award show, and so did People. This had the highest ranking in a number of years, like twelve and a half million viewers, up from nine point something last year, so a thirty percent bump. And yeah, I thought the show was entertaining enough. Too long, but they all are. Uh, some really good moments, though that fifty years of hip hop segment was was tremendous, and the Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Chris Stapleton, uh, you know, segment was also good. I like the device of having everybody at the, or, or that section of the of the floor with tables, cocktail tables, and you know, you had Rihanna sitting with Lizzo, and you had Ben Affleck looking unhappy. And yeah, you know, well, that story just won't go away about your board or something. (laughs) You know, you you know, dude, you're in the front row. You can get away with this if you were in the back. Um, The one thing that really (laughs) grated on me, of course, was the super fan segment where they had the the three round tables of the super fans saying why their person should get the Grammy Award, which I thought was absolutely loathsome. But the payoff (laughs) of it, the payoff. (laughs) <laughs> the payoff came when they did do the album of the year award, and Trevor Noah handed the handed the envelope to Harry Styles, person who was this great grandmother from Canada. All right, here's here's a moment that uh, was uncalled for, and and we've said plenty of things on this program over the years that were absolutely uncalled for. But Bonnie Raitt wins for uh-huh. what song of the year? Song of the year. Yeah. Song of the year. Bonnie Raitt wins. Surprises everybody, right? Including herself. Right. She looks stunned when they read her name. Uh-huh. A British newspaper oh, yeah. has a headline that says, Who is Bonnie Raitt? Well, there was another one. That's going crazy. On. There was another one that was unknown blues singer beats, you know, Lizzo, Adele, so-and-so. Mm. Unknown blues singer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, she's been around since me? 1971, Bonnie yeah. Raitt. Yeah. Yeah. And come on, it's not like she hasn't been a big Grammy winner before either. So, come on. Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel. Come on, man. The, Give uh, her a break. The, no. the premiere ceremony, the pre-show, had its moments. Um, Andrew Watt, the producer of Ozzy Osbourne's um, 
album, which won two Grammy Awards, when he was accepted one of them, he made a reference to the to Jeff Beck as the greatest living guitar player. What? Oops. Yeah. Somebody, somebody wasn't reading their obituary section a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that was wow. <laughs> and I'm surprised. Well, it was because it was in the premiere, you know, the pre-show. So I'm I, not a lot of people picked up on that, but wow. All right, let's talk about let's talk about bands dysfunction. And this week, the winner is Pink Floyd. By a long shot, yeah, Pink okay. Floyd. Go ahead. Oh my God! First, we had Paul. Paulie Sampson, who's uh, David Gilmore's wife, just just went off on Roger Waters after an, an interview he did with a German newspaper where he repeated his defenses of Russia and Putin and invading Ukraine. She, she tweeted and she called him out for being anti-Semitic, a Putin apologist, a tax dodger, um, just everything you can imagine, a lying, thieving, hypocritical, tax-avoiding, lip-syncing, misogynistic. Well, then my with, question I'm not, is... Oh, I'm not done. Stick <laughs> with envy, megalomania. Well, then my question is, how did they ever manage to work together if, uh, you know... It was tense. They was thought tense. so little of it each other. It was tense, and it was a long time ago. Well, this was David Gilmore's wife yes. who did this. Um, Gilmore posted in response, he said... Every word demonstrably true. So, so <laughs> he, simple. so he's not telling her to tone it down. He's going, yeah, that's what I, I going, me that's too. What it, that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and Waters t- tweeted back, you know, obviously denying all of this, and did say, you know, he was reviewing his options, you know, implying some legal action. Um, then he went and spoke at the United Nations Security Council at the request of Russia. Oh, where, see, so that's not helping. She's proving uh, no. his point. And his his talk there was it was for the most part it was a let's end all wars. War is bad. That was fine, although he did ruffle some feathers when he said, you know, Russia's invasion of the Ukraine was wrong, but it was not unprovoked. And people are going to you know, they're read the room, stop at it stop at the end of that first phrase. <laughs> um then uh, towards the uh, just a couple of days ago, he Rod, he Roger Waters revealed that oh yeah, I've been on the 50th anniversary of the Dark Side of the Moon. I've been re-recording it, and I'm going to put out my own version of the album sometime in the spring. And he gets to do that. He does get to do that. Okay, he, you know the way their partnership arrangements are are made is they all get to they all pretty much have free reign over this music they created together. Okay. And so he's going to put out, you know, he had, I think it was last year, he re-recorded Mother from the Wall. Now he's going to do the entire Dark Side of the Moon. There's one reporter in England who's heard it. And, you know, he actually said, you know, parts of it are quite good. And I guess he does different versions of the songs, like Breathe, he said, is a little more, is a little slower and more acoustic. Uh, money has been redone to sound a little more like a Johnny Cash song. Really? So right. I don't know, you know, but yeah, these guys are, I mean, this was, you know, there's been a lot of tension in the past, but this was, this was DEFCON 9. I think they're both so artistic, it's bad for them somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gilmore, Gilmore lives a lot, lives a lot quieter. You know, he just kind of does his music and he does, doesn't even do interviews anymore so he just does the music and lets it speak for itself waters of course has a 
platform and, and a big mouth. And, but Rogers was the front man too. Roger Waters was the front man of the band that Yeah, so. the, nomin- the nominal front man. I mean, this yeah. is a band that reveled in its facelessness. I also yeah. heard this week that Rogers Wa- Roger Waters, I and this is just a side note, doesn't like loud music. <laughs> I've, I've heard that. Yeah, I, I have never heard went that to a Who the show then. No. I never went to a Pink Floyd show. <laughs> How's Journey doing? Uh, you know, they, their dysfunction, their tour continues and their dysfunction continues. Um, you know, the, the lawsuits between Jonathan Cain and Neil Sean, those are going to be heard in early March. <laughs> now the front man, Arnell Pineda, is weighing in with his own set of tweets. And, you know, Why? Kind of odd, Why? Well, it sounds like he's somehow in all this, he's feeling disrespected. And that I think it was because I think this goes back to remember we talked about how Neil Neil Sean was teasing the idea of bringing Greg Raleigh back into the band. Yeah, you know. So and then and then the subsequent quote was, "Well, two guys in Journey, you know, are adamant that this can't happen, and basically slamming them for that." Well, the only other two guys technically in Journey are Jonathan Cain and Arnell Panetta. The other guys are kind of sidemen. At this mm. point, so I think Arnell felt he was being uh, slapped at. So he tweeted a couple of things, saying, "You know, I'm with the band to sing the legacy. You know, I'm, you know, if some of them, referring to Neil Sean, are tired of me being with them, well, by all means, they can fire me, but don't lecture me about being spiritual and all oh, that." Boy. Yes, so it doesn't uh, sound like he's trying to bring the temperature down. He's just. Uh... <laughs> Hey, I, he's, I'm he's here a, too. I'm a person. To bring it down. I think what he's he's trying to say is leave me out of this. Yeah. Okay. I'm, just, I'm the singer. You know, I I I'm happy to do this. Um, he and he made a second tweet saying much the same thing, and he's he's getting some support actually out there. One of them from Jeff Scott Soto, who's the guy in Journey he replaced. Uh, Jeff Scott Soto was with Journey for a very brief time, but he made a, actually a very nice post saying to Arnell, "You have nothing to or no one to answer to," you okay. know, and that that was nice. So, but you know, clearly, uh, you know, I don't know if you know what. And, and interestingly, Neil Sean posted a so, social media video of he and the other three guys getting on the private jet to go to a gig. Noticeably missing were Jonathan and Arnett. Yeah. So okay. you know Again, how not they're helping. doing it, and how they're doing it. Like I say, they did this in 2017. We've talked about that too, but it seems like the the temperature is so much higher this time. I have I have no idea. I would I would love to be just sitting by the back of the stage. <laughs> feeling, <laughs> of course you would, because you're, you're about a reporter. It. Feeling yeah. the act, feeling the acrimony. And Bar- Fleetwood Mac done because uh, they can't get along or because they're too old and they're tired? Well, I think right now, maybe, yeah, so Mick Fleetwood was interviewed on the red carpet at the Grammys where he and, and Bonnie and Cheryl Crow paid tribute to Christine McVie. And he, he said on the red carpet, he said, you know, after Christine's death, he feels like they're done. Okay. You know, they couldn't see that they're not going to go on. He, he said everybody's going to continue to play, but not as Fleetwood Mac. Take that as always with a grain of salt. All right, um, and real real quickly, sure. Barbara Streisand has a book coming out next November. It'll be out for Christmas. It's a thousand November pages. 7th, uh, November seventh on it's, somebody's birthday. Yeah, yeah. And, there you uh, go. So, so this a, is going to be you know this is going to be her talking about her her life career and uh, is anybody you know, going to get it in this book? I mean, is there? I don't know. I I think <laughs> if she had done it twenty years ago, yes, I think is. As these musicians and celebrities get older, they 
a lot of them, not all of them, mellow out a bit. And they just, you know, they have their own story to tell and they yeah. don't want to detract from it by by wading into somebody else's. Now, having having said that, She'll sure, maybe. Torpedo Chris Martin or something. <laughs> you know, maybe. Who knows? Burt Bacharach. Oh, yeah, Burt Bacharach. Oh, she won't. Nobody's going to take out Burt Bacharach. All right. All right, Gary, we're out of time. You guys have a good weekend. Enjoy the game Sunday. Right, yes, sir. Thanks, Gary. Talk to you next week. Gary Graff, our music expert.